How's it? How's it? My name is Mark Haystack and you're listening to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. This is part two of the Birding Life Youth Show episode. I talked to Zach Simpson and Tristan Ordea, who are two of the Birding Life's ambassadors, as well as myself, about quite a few things, including some rare birds that have been seen in South Africa in the last while. I hope you enjoy it. So I was talking about the, the garden roots, the, um, pelagic trips. They, they, they don't compare to the zest for bird pelagic trips in Cape Town because the zest for bird ones, um, this has so much more variety in terms of how many species you get there compared to the, the one on the garden route that I've gone on once twice. Yeah, the, the zest pelagics have really been great. Um, I know they've got really a lot of great birds recently. Uh, I know in the last trip they got soft plumage petrol, and as I said, three of those great albatrosses, um, a juvenile wandering, southern royal, and northern royal. And I know they got spectacle petrol. Um, also, some interesting looking archon petrels that often make people excited. You know, they got lots of white in the face, so they look a bit like spectacle, which is the black tip. They don't have the black tip to the bull. Um, which is a distinguishing feature for spectacle petrels. And then, yeah, I think they've had a great season for Southern Falmer as well. So it's really been it's really worth it um, to do one of those pelagics. They really are great. Yeah, indeed. Totally agree. Um, <laughs> as I said, I'm super looking forward to getting on my first one of those. Uh, but there's so many things you you can do as a bird in South Africa. There's so many things you can do. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the, the yeah, photos, exactly. what, what else was it? Also in the Western Cape. So, I mean, all the photos they've been having on the, about the pelagic species, there's been so many like beautiful top-notch photos of the albatrosses, the wandering albatross, the royal albatrosses and spectacle petrels. But another like an on-fire record that happened recently was this dwarf bitten in Hermanus. Did you guys hear about it? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, so what? the funny thing is, is that this the, the dwarf bitten is about a kilometre away from my aunt's holiday oh, house in Hermanus. Remember I told you? And it's like your people are uh, yeah, yeah. You know, a very twitchable species. But I, mean, I think it's been a very twitchable bird because seeing all the photos on the South African Red Bird News, it's like a page of maybe 20 photographs that people have taken that have put on the latest Sargon reports or one of the latest ones. Yeah, I hope it sticks around. It seems to sort of be on the on the shy at the moment, and so hopefully it gets picked up again. Mm. But yeah, the pigback pelicans are also an incredible one for for Western Cape. I mean, it's been a mm. really great time for Western Cape listers. I mean, even Mr. Hardak got two new birds for his Western Cape, which was, was just fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. I think they said in the Sarbon report that the last record for pigback pelican was like mid 1900s or late 1900s um, in, I think, Eastern Cape, I believe, I can't remember, somewhere on the south, the, the, the last record for this sort of area. Or, no, it might have been Eastern Western Cape he was talking about, but I need a second yeah. record for, for the province, sure. I believe. He said something like that, so it's quite major. Yeah, no, it's huge. I think the last record was like 40 years ago or something. Your, no, it's, been, it's been very big. I still need both pelican species on my life list, so I'll be happy to get it in there. Yeah. Um, I was looking on our naturalist a while ago and I saw yeah. someone had posted a pelican um, in the garden roots, but it was like in 2019 that they had posted. And they're just like, obviously, weren't a birder or a big uh, full on naturalist, and they just put it down as pelican 
So like, oh, okay, there's a pelican in my den. I'm gonna take a photo and post it on iNaturalist. It's like, that's a big deal. Because <laughs> you don't get uh, pelicans yeah. in the garden anymore. Yeah. Um, and Sheesh. let's see, in Cape Town, there's been also that pinfoot near Robertson in Cape Town that's been hanging around quite well. Um, the funny enough, we've also had a fairly regular pinfoot here in the garden roots. And then, you know, the greatest frigate bird was the, probably the highlight of the Western Cape this month, I'd say. Eastern Cape had the, we went over there for the house crow at, and those nice species at uh, Cape Receive. KZN, my word, over the last while, I think Tristan and Zach, you can take this away and tell us a bit about how KZN has been doing in terms of rarities. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, in the last two weeks or so, it's been very quiet, um, unfortunately, but before that, it was insane. We had black neck grebe, pelchon and goshawk, a greater kestrel, capuita, and blue cohorn right down in this in, around Maritzburg, Howick, um, Hilton region. And I mean, those are all five cases in rarities. So it was just, I mean, I got all five in one day. So it was really insane. Um, a, a, a provincial list is paradise, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I remember you you guys talking about it in one of the previous episodes. It was actually yeah. crazy. Really, really cool. And then Northern Cape. Sure. Have you seen that that um, uh, a report about the vulture? Egyptian vulture. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Tristan Silva picked up an Egyptian vulture. Um, presumably the same bird that was in the in Namibia a few days before that one was seen. Yeah, it's been seen in Falakadi at Kids Kids Waterhole and stuff. Yeah, and uh, also Canfor Waterhole or something like that. But I hear it's, I think it was moving around quite a lot. Uh, but Philip, what an awesome record. I mean, well done to Mr. Silver, <laughs> Justin Silver, for getting that. Just uh, like that. Yeah. He's also a younger a younger guy in the youth uh, section of birders, should I say. Yeah, he is. Very cool to, to hear that he got the, the culture. I and mean, also the. There was a couple of marsh owls yeah. hanging around in, in Kalakari. Um, I think first seen at Nassau Breast Camp. Um, yeah, that's at also the waterfall there. And then also in uh, Mozambique, there was quite a like wow, quite a few uh, records of different birds at the San Sebastian Peninsula. Um, there were four sa- saunders turns, eight rosette turns, eighty demara turns, and like six crab plovers. Um, in, in in August here, uh, I mean in, yeah. in Mozambique. And in, in, I think, yeah, in my most recent episode before this one, I was talking to Samuel. I'm not sure if you guys have the chance to listen to it, but he's a great uh, um, young birder who's recently in the last few years moved to Mozambique and he's starting to get to know the area a bit more. Uh, but then another cool thing that would be to be seen in Mozambique was uh, Malagasy pond heron. I'm not exactly sure where, but yeah. some pretty cool records coming in from that side. Yeah, it's like the dunes of Dover or something. There's a pan there that's been seen at. Sure. Very cool. Imagine going on a trip to Mozambique, yeah. guys. That would be so amazing. Amazing is an understatement. <laughs> put that yeah. Way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sure. There's so many cool things there. And unfortunately, a lot of things that could disappear in the future. I mean, there's, there's yeah, wee tinkerbirds, I mean, olive headed weavers. I saw Etienne went up, yeah. Etienne Birding went up there just recently and all the amazing things they got. Oh, yeah? What, what did they get? Mm. Yeah. Sure, they got oh, lots. What did they get? Yeah, they got like Livingston's Flycatcher, oh. all, 
chestnut front, what chestnut fronted helmet truck or something like that. Oh yeah. Mm. Southern Hyliotas, um, East Coast Acolat, White Breasted Lethe, Speckle Throated Woodpecker, uh, Greenback Woodpecker. So yeah, there's some. Yeah, most nah. of lot you got most of the most beacon specials. Sure, some top of the palace. Yeah. And I haven't heard about quite yeah. a few of those. Um, but yeah, the the chest the wood uh, the name chestnut fronted uh chestnut what's it? What did you say again? Just in the helmet truck? Chestnut fronted helmet truck. fronted helmet truck. Yeah, that, that rings a bell, but that rings a bell yep. of a so, yeah, very cool species. Um yeah, far far off of our our travel range right now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, Samuel, if you're listening to this, good. You've got some pretty cool birds around the area. <laughs> I'm not actually sure um, around about yeah. which area of Mozambique they're in, but uh, yeah, you should be up with some pretty cool species uh, in Mozambique. There. Uh, just uh, wish you the best of luck in your uh, exploration of, of your area because uh, he recently moved to Mozambique in the past three years and he's getting to know his local patches quite well building his life list up. Um, so I've heard of some very cool birds that he gets there. But yeah, uh, so Zach, we were talking about it. And the, the one of the big things is that we all have about six to 10 um, species of invasive bird, uh, birds on our life lists, uh, or even uh, our provincial challenge lists for bird lasser. And it's a big schlep to all of a sudden now take them off our lists as our agreement was um, all of a sudden to promote bird conservation. But looking at the situation and the discussion we had, what, what are your thoughts on um, the situation of uh, alien bird species? Yeah, so I think that there needs to be something done. Um, and unfortunately, alien species are out of control. I mean, house crow, they're multiplying, they're huge big flocks forming and they're spreading. As we can see, there's been rarities in the Eastern Cape and recently. So like things need to be done, but unfortunately, I feel as though if there's if there's people that are, which we all we all do it, you know, ticking them and like, oh yeah, you know, I go to Cape Town, go to the harbour, and go and find house house crow, you know, it doesn't create a negative outlook on the bird. Whereas I feel like if the bird wasn't tickable, it would create a negative outlook, and then the bird would become a nuisance. And the minds of birders who are ultimately people that have to do the work to get rid of the birds. I mean, so I've been doing something recently. Whenever I see an invasive species, I look at the thing and I squint my eyes and I shout at it. I say, untickable, like as if, you know, like to, to program my brain that that's actually not a good bird for the environment. And that even though we benefit from the bird by putting it on a life list, putting it on a year list, that it is actually not a good bird. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's quite a, um, an interesting method you mentioned there. Um, I just want to expand on that a little bit. So yeah. thinking about it this way, um, you know, like that, um, let's see, I don't know, say an Indian miner pitches up in Cape Town, okay? Um, you go twitch that bird and you, you tick it off on your life list. So there you've gone, you've traveled a long distance to go see a bird that belongs to India and you tick it off on your South African list as, as a lifer. But now the thing is that you don't want to go kill this bird because it's a mega for the Western Cape flipping Indian miner, okay? You don't want to go shoot it. Uh, reason being because it's it's an invasive species that it, it disrupts uh, indigenous birds. Um, but now you don't, 
you, you, you tell other people about it, other people come and twitch the bird, like, oh, it's a flipping Indian miner, yeah, let's go twitch it. That's our 400 species for the province or something. Um, and now you're, you're glorifying this invasive bird species, uh, whereas it's still having a negative effect on the indigenous fauna and flora uh, because they, they breed so fast and they're so destructive uh, as a species. Um, so now that, that obviously causes some problems. Now mm. it's seen as a bird that you don't want to shoot, you don't want to shoot down, you don't want to eradicate, even though it's a species that really should be um, in many ways and instances, if it's going under control, um, because, I mean, the way that the common starlings came to South Africa was that they were released in about, they were released a few, like over 100 years ago uh, in Cape Town area, with about 20 individuals, I believe. I think this is the story. And now they're spread all over South Africa. And many say that they don't actually have a big impact on South Africa's ecosystems and wildlife. But I, I think, how can they not, if they are in such huge numbers that they they walk around and fly around in flocks um, and they, they're all over the country now. Um, so what environmental impact does invasive species have when people are saying, oh no, let's not tick them off because it's a cool bird to get for the area and you know, obviously twitches once a new bird on the list. It's just interesting. It is. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I see a house crow or a rosing parakeet and I'll, and I'll say untickable like that to the bird, Every bird that I'm with, it's like, well, well, that's you. That's you. That's not me. You know, we take it. It's like they always defend themselves because they don't want to take that bird off, which is yeah. fine. You know, like it's not for it's not to be forced on anyone. And it is tricky. Like I think I think it's something that people should look into and do their, their research on what's what's actually happening and try and see what they can decide. And maybe they'll decide that they must only remove the invasive species and not just the 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 aliens you know so like house sparrows they've been here for many many years and they don't really have a huge impact on the well they supposedly have a big impact on the the indigenous wildlife which is probably quite true um, but something like a house crow have both has um, environmental issues but it also creates industrial issues in places like harbors and that's i think when they're building nests out of wire which can't be good you know, building on pylons and, yeah yeah so just Tristan, let me ask you, what invasive species can you recall now that are on your life list? Yeah, so rose ring parakeet would be one. House sparrow, house crow. I think I've got six in total. Oh, yeah, you're a common star. Okay, cool. European yeah, starling. about six alien species. Not necessarily invasive, but alien species. Now, yeah. those alien species could not be classified as invasive at the moment because their numbers are low or whatever the case might be. But in the end, they, they will most probably in the end be classified as invasive bird species to South Africa. I'll think about it this way. You get mm. roving parakeets in Durban and I think cartoon like flipping crazy. They're the nesting in, in town. Um, but where, where did they come from? Where did house crows come from? Where did Indian miners come from? How did they originally get here? How did all those invasive species end up or, or start off in South Africa? Started off with just a few individuals, okay? It's like, oh, they won't cause that much problem. But now, a few hundred years later, these birds are spreading like wildfire in suitable habitats around South Africa. So you get Indian miners in KZN, Kharteng, uh, and uh, certain big cities around South Africa. They are now spreading into nature reserves. I've seen Indian miners in Kruger National Park. They're supposed to be rare then, but I guess in certain areas they're not. 
So range expansion is, is a big thing and it happens in invasive species as well. So now you've got roving parakeets in South Africa that are from India and people aren't wanting to not tick them off because, oh, it's an extra species to my list. But if you think about it this way, I'm trying to get to this point, it's, it's in my head, it's hard to, it's hard to get out, um, but um, you're ticking these birds off, but when are they ever going to stop multiplying? When are they going to, when do you think they're just magically going to become non-invasive? Are they just going to be overthrown by, I don't know, yellow kites because yellow kites favor rosewing parakeets? No, they don't. Rosewing parakeets have probably just as, as many um, predators as other birds in South Africa. So there's no like, what's the word, biological control agent <laughs> to necessarily target the rosary parakeet and kill the population of them in South Africa um, to null again, because we all know that they are problem birds. So how, yeah. what, what approach would people have to say, uh, listen, they're a problem bird, let's get rid of them. Because I know a lot of people want to, want to say, listen, they're birds, just let them be, they're in nature, you can't kill nature because that's just cruel. But the thing is that you could look at it this way as well, from a different perspective. Who brought them here? House sparrows are a different issue. Yep. House sparrows possibly and probably had a major range expansion through Africa a few yeah. years ago. But browsing parakeets, Indian miners, house crows, common starlings, they weren't brought here by their own wings. They were brought here by man. Yeah. And yeah. so whose problem is it that they're here causing rubbish? in the country it's mm. it's uh, I'll, I'll i'll answer that it, it's 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 mankind's problem and if we made that problem we need to fix it whether that be cruel or, or seen as harsh or seen as soft and i just think that yeah you know, there's, there's I mean, very few ways to get through that i've witnessed house crows raiding uh uh raid our dove's nest in durban um I remember quite a few years ago, can't remember exactly when, but the house crows were almost all wiped out. I think there were only about five or so left. And then they, for quite a while, when you went down to the harbour and stuff, that was like one bird you would look for, like if you wanted for the year or something. But now they've just spread back in numbers and there's a sure. lot. That's crazy. Yeah, I think it's very true. I mean, we... Yeah, we we brought this together and I feel like we've created the issue and we've got to resolve the issue. We can't just let our problems, you know, you can't just light a fire and default somewhere and then just say, oh no, well, the fire is natural, so let it let it burn, you know? you got to kind of put the fire out. And I think that's what's happened here. And I know that there are lots of people who are pursuing this, trying to get rid of them, but that makes it very difficult when there's lots of people who very opposed to removing such species um, and i know as, as tristan did say the at one stage there were very very few house crows in, in durban i think they were down to four individuals or five individuals and then if you want to call them the bunny huggers or the tree huggers got onto it and they stopped it all together so we could have eradicated the population and now we're back to thousands of house crows and we'll probably never be able to recover so yeah Look, yeah, no, it's it's a. I hate in some ways to use the term bunny hunters, but I don't know of any other term. Um, but yeah, the bunny yeah. hunters, whoever they are out there, uh, not that they're bad people. It's just that I don't, I, I really don't feel like um, 
you know, keeping invasive species out there could lead to anything good uh, from what I can see. Uh, and if there are any, uh, um, what's the right word? If there are any, any positive outcomes from that, please let me know. But um, I feel like this is an important issue that needs to be addressed as they are, um, you know, negative species for this country that are, are, are having negative effects on land and uh, AV fauna and fauna and flora. So, you know, Zach, when I chatted to you about, about this, I, I really believe, bro, that that decision we made, uh, to what degree we take it to is a different discussion, but that, that decision we made was, was a good one. And I still stand with that. And that is to yeah. not count invasive species on our life list anymore. And if anyone is wondering why, uh, it's because if you take that bird, uh, as I've said this now, you know, just to, to say it again, if you take a species, then everyone else is going to want to take a species because, oh, look, Mark Hastex got now his 600 species and it's a house crow. He's got 12 other invasive avian bird species on his life list. Uh, so if he's taken, them, why can't I? And at the moment, the majority of people in South Africa do, and I'll say majority, like 95%, do tick invasive species uh, for their life list. And, if, and if, if we start somewhere, if we start at the beginning and say, no, I, like as an I, am not going to tick invasive species, then uh, you know what? You've got to start small. But if you start small with just a couple of guys who say, I'm not taking it, then your friends don't do it. And then their friends' friends don't do it. And then other people start saying, oh, there's this group of youngsters saying, no, I'm not going to take invasive species. Um, and I just think, you know, that mm. could have an effect on how people look at invasive species. Not, you know, we're not at, at, at this stage figuring out how we can kill them. because That's quite a hectic discussion and, and thing to think yeah. about. But, you know, it, it'll change people's perspective on how they look at invasive species and think about them. Yeah, 100%. Okay, guys, Laka, um, I'm glad I could have that discussion with you guys um, and get this on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Zach, for uh, that discussion we had a few months ago about this. It's really like a life-changing event for me, actually. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for no joining problem. me for the, the first uh, Brewing Life Youth Show. It was an awesome chat with Tristan and Zach. Hopefully next time at the end of September, we can have the rest of the Brewing Life ambassadors with us. But... Yeah, guys, be blessed and happy birding, eh? Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding. Happy birding.